0: In week seven of Roots and Shoots, it's been a great summer so far. Um, and every week, at some point, almost every week, we've done the uh, the, the fruit of the spirit verses in Galatians 5, 22 and twenty three. And so this morning, right out of the shoot, no pun intended. Here we go. We're going to say this together. All right. <clears throat> here we go. But the fruit of the spirit against such things. All right, good job, good job. Uh, as we've already heard with Cindy and the kids, today our topic is goodness. And uh, what is goodness, and how do we dis- discover, and, and she already talked about that, but what is good? Um, maybe this video will help us to, to understand a little bit about what goodness is. Let's watch this. nothing. Ready, Phil? Here we go, baby. I really should put this way, shouldn't I? <laughs> there's a reason for that. It's Yeah, never mind. Okay, here we go. Left-handed. Oh. Perfect, oh. yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Now, there's a slight difference between the guy who did the thing on the video and me. Um, this is basically what happened. The guy that did the putt, first of all, he had to you know, knock it down the steps and all that stuff. Much different, much different course, if you will. Harder green, tougher read. Um, but he had a cup that was stationary at the end. And I don't know if you noticed, but my putt was not going in the cup. It was pretty close. Actually, it wasn't too bad. But um, Phil took the cup and he moved it to where the ball was going. I think a lot of times when we think about human goodness, it's kind of like when I just putted. We hit in the general direction and wherever the ball lands on the green, we go and we dig a hole and we say, that's what goodness is, right there. And it's a moving target. Everybody kind of defines their own set of values and their own set of goodness, but that's not how it works. God is good and he is perfect, and he is holy, and, and he is the standard. God is the bullseye. See, when God created the world, and make no mistake, God created the world, every time he made something, he looked at it and he said, that is good. So before sin, everything God created was good. After sin, goodness gave way to brokenness. And so, if everything is broken, including us, how can the fruit of goodness be in us? Well, goodness is kind of related to kindness, which Jim talked about last week. God's kindness leads us to repentance, not His wrath. And our kindness can turn people toward God. And so we need to remember we should not be a Jonah, right? Remember that? I love that illustration by Jim. Um, when Jesus was talking about the sign of Jonah, I thought it was the three days and the, you know, the death of Jonah and being, being in the whale for three days and coming out, and then Jesus said he was going to be in the, in the ground for three days. I thought that was the sign of Jonah, but evidently this is the sign of Jonah. I learned that last week. It's a great reminder, honestly, that we need to share the goodness and kindness of God. And like kindness, goodness has two parts. It's who we are and it's what we do. So we are kind and we show kindness and we are good and we show goodness. But again, how does this work? We're supposed to be good. We're supposed to be excellent and upstanding and honorable. We're supposed to do good. We're supposed to help others with actions that benefit them. Now note this. Doing good things does not make you good. But being good makes you do good things. Doing good things does not make you good, but being good makes you do good things. Jesus talked about that in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. He said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruits. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. So Jesus says, the good that you do flows out of the good that you are. But again, there's a problem. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, there is no one who is righteous there is no one who is good not even one person and then God repeats that force in the New Testament in Romans chapter 10 or chapter 3 verse 10 same thing so if we aren't good how can we have goodness in our lives well on our own we can't no matter how hard we try becoming good is a matter of allowing God To change us so how do we increase our goodness there's a story in daniel chapter 1 that i think gives us some pretty good insight and it's uh we're going to read a fairly long passage here but it's really helpful it's really insightful to understanding this concept of goodness daniel chapter 1 starting in verse 3 Uh, let me give a little background Daniel and, their, and many other Jews have been captured and they have been taken to Babylon and the best and brightest and youngest of those have been brought into the king's palace, into his uh, specific area, and they are going to be trained in the ways of Babylon. And these ways are not always, not surprisingly, the ways that God would have for them. And so that's kind of the background of what's going on here. So starting in verse 3 of Daniel chapter 1. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, uh, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And you may not know this, but guess what? Those last three ended up being known by their Babylonian names because the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. So the guard took away their choice food and wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. It's an interesting story. It has a lot of uh, interesting sidelines for us, but we want to focus today specifically on this. Daniel and his friends made a choice. They chose to eat what was good and not just the things that only tasted good. They chose to eat what was good, not just what looked good or what tasted good. And that's a key point. This is really important for us spiritually. This obviously has physical ramifications as well, but this is really important spiritually. By taking in things that are good, our goodness grows. New word for you today. We become gooder. I know that's not a word, but if you say we become better, it doesn't fit the message, right? So we become gooder as we bring more of God, more of good, into our lives. Our goodness increases as God increases in our lives. And so when a bad area in our life pops up, we need to just stop and ask God to substitute Him for that, to substitute goodness for that thing. Now if you're struggling thinking, you know, maybe of things in another person that need to change, stop doing that. If you're struggling thinking, you know, I just can't think of anything that I need to change, then talk to the person closest to you. I guarantee you they'll have at least one small suggestion. Just one. Whatever that is, Pray about it. Say out loud, God, I give this area of my life to you. Would you replace it with your goodness? Do that daily, consistently, do it honestly, and over time, God will increase his goodness in your life. Now, obviously, not everything that the world offers is bad. We don't want to suggest that it is. But if what the world offers goes against what the Word of God says... No matter how many times they say it's right, it's not. No matter what they do to make it look good and even kind of taste good, it's not. If the Bible says something is not good, it is not good. Now remember, God always offers something that's better. It's a bit like this. I can either choose a Snickers bar as a snack Or I can choose, wow, that looks bad, carrots that have been in my pocket for a while (laughs) as a snack with all the fuzz. Now, at first, I might always choose the Snickers bar, you know, because it satisfies, right? You know? Um, But if I eat just Snickers bars, it's not going to be long before I don't feel very good. It's not going to be long before my health really starts to deteriorate. And so I say, you know what, I'm going to start eating carrots and vegetables and things that, you know, God, like, you don't see a Snickers bar growing out of the ground, right? Um, God made carrots and vegetables and things like that that are good for us, and so, you know, when you, when you eat the things that God wants you to, physically or spiritually, they're just better for you. I'm not against Snickers, by the way, you know. I'm just saying, you'd be a lot better off being uh, eating a diet of vegetables like Daniel than a diet of Snickers. So the thing, same thing happens to us spiritually. We make a choice. And a choice for goodness takes discipline and it takes time. It takes being rooted in Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to take part of our life and to change it. And again, our goodness will grow as we do that. And as our goodness increases, then our good works will increase. And part of our mission here at Discover is to impact the world, as you see on the walls. Everyone is asked to be in a life group, and every life group is asked to serve people outside of their group. There are many ways to do good, and I just want to list some of the things that you are doing here. You can do good by being a teacher or a helper or a behind-the-scenes servant for our classes uh, that meet throughout the summer and throughout throughout the year. You can do good by being here both hours. And I would really challenge you parents if you're coming for one hour and and your kid is not here for both, you're robbing yourself and you're robbing your children of something really good. We can't emphasize how important it is to be here for two hours, one to worship and one to either serve or to study and to grow. And we do a lot of things as a church that are fairly simple, honestly, um, like Discover One. Next week is the first Sunday of the month and so we'll have Discover One. Bring an extra dollar to give over and above your regular giving that goes to help for a need in the community. On the second Sunday, we do second harvest and we bring in food items for the food pantry. On the third Saturday, we serve food to the homeless in the Columbus area with light of salvation and show them the love of God. Uh, We have about 12 community partnerships and, and we have 10 regional and international partnerships and they offer lots of opportunities Get involved. We talked about help build hope briefly. It's coming in four weeks. We need you to give. We're at about $2,000, so we're a third of the way there. We need to get up to $6,000 to be able to build the walls of a house, just like the walls that were built for Kathy, who was here last week with her four boys. And by the way, she's going to be here to help us build. I think that's really cool. Um, Discover is involved with Riverside Elementary School, and we do blessings in a backpack where food goes home with the most needy kids from that school once a week over the weekend so they have some meals and we need some financial assistance to make that happen. Our volunteer base is already in place to make that happen but financially it would be helpful to have some money that goes toward that. We have the reading program, the tutoring program that we started last year at Riverside and this year we're being asked to double the amount of volunteers so that we can do two days of tutoring. So if you want to help serve one hour a week with some children in second grade who really are on the edge of something that they need they are they're at the point where they are going to start going really downhill in their academic life they need some real help if you could volunteer an hour a week to help with them that would be really great Um, this past year when we did it it was a great blessing that the little girl that I had um, was just a really neat little girl and uh, it was really cool because this week um, I ran into her and her parents at Meyer and of course I'd never met her parents And uh, I think God directed our our paths to run into each other. And and she came up and gave me a huge hug, and uh, it was just really great to meet her family. And we exchanged information, and I told them if if we can help them in some way to let us know. Um, And I know that I probably had a small impact on her life, but man, she had a huge impact on my life. Just a great opportunity to serve. Next week, as we talked about, you can go to the Irish Festival, and you can show the fruit of the Spirit to the people there there are so many people around serving and working at the the restaurants and the the food trucks and things like that you can show love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and as you're waiting in line and it's hot and all those kinds of things you can show the fruit of the spirit there you can do that here as well we're still going to have classes and worship at 9 15 and 10 30 the international conference on missions is going to be here in columbus in in november the, for the very first time And our church has taken on some specific responsibilities. There are some international missionaries who do not have enough money to pay for a hotel to come to this conference. And our church has stepped up and said, we will figure out how to house those people. It might only be one or two families, but if you'd be willing to help with that, that would be so cool. You'd have an international family or couple in your home for a few days, and they would share great stories with you, and you would just share the love of God with them. Uh, Our church is going to be hosting... Uh, the students from Johnson University as uh, they come and, and local churches open, the, open their doors for students to come and serve, I mean to come and sleep um, as they attend the, com- the conference. So they have free housing. But we need some people to make some food for them. So when they're here, they would have a nice uh, meal and things like that. So if you're willing to do that, you can help out. We're helping out with the children's programming, the children's ministry that's taking, at, taking place at the International Conference on Missions. And if you want to help with that, Cindy is involved with that. So again, some really great ways that you can serve. We had a ministry fair um, a couple of months ago in the gym, and we're going to do that again this fall, where we just list a whole bunch of different ministries that you can be involved with here at Discover. And you can get some basic information on the website or by talking to one of the staff or calling the office. And this morning we're excited to announce uh, something that's even going to help us go further to do more good in the community. Bob Williams is going to be joining our staff part-time starting August 1st. He's going to be working in the area of uh, community impact and also in involvement. And Bob is a recent graduate of Cincinnati uh, Christian Seminary, and he's looking to make a career change. And uh, we're really excited about what he's going to bring. He's a guy that gets things done. He has a shepherd's heart. Um, He really wants people to grow in their relationship with God. And he and his wife Lori have already served here in a lot of different ways to discover, and we're really excited to have Bob joined the team. So would you welcome me, in, or would you join me in welcoming Bob? And many of you know Keith Bungarner. He's the chairman of our elders, and he and Bob do a Sunday morning group together, and Keith's going to have a prayer for Bob and Lori.
1: It's been a real pleasure to work with you, Bob, and it was a uh, true blessing for Steve to ask for me to pray for you and for Lori. So would you guys join me and pray with you? Our Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful that you have placed Bob and Lori in our congregation. And we pray that you would uh, be with Bob and and guide him in his path, that you would uh, allow the Spirit to help him to have the right words to say and to be in the right place. We pray for the hearts of those uh, who are yet to be known, that their hearts will be prepared to hear what Bob has got to say. Uh, He has put together a lot of time and effort to be trained and to learn uh, your word and we ask lord that you would uh, just guide him through this path uh, be with lori and and bob in this this journey and we're just so grateful that uh, you have placed them here in our congregation Uh, lord we just love you and we just ask that you would uh, bless this group and bless bless his family in jesus name amen
0: We're really committed as a congregation to do good in our community, and again, that's one of the things Bob is going to help us really laser focus in on. We also understand that there is a lot outside of the central Ohio Ohio area that needs some good things to happen. You you can serve on a short-term mission trip. We really ask that every single person would do that if at all possible, at least once in their life. Uh, The men uh, from our congregation do an annual work trip up to Worcester, Ohio to help with the Christian Children's Home of Ohio. Guys, you should do that, it's a great opportunity. Uh, We're reaching out to the people of Northeast India, people who have never heard the name of Jesus. And a couple of people will be going again in January to help with that ministry. Uh, We're gonna be going next year to the Windward Islands uh, School of Evangelism and working with some basketball things and working with preschool. So be praying about that opportunity as it comes up. There are over 20 people right now who are in Haiti And again, at the end of the service, Dave Welsh is going to pray for them. And Dave's also going to tell you about something that's very simple that you can do that has to do with cookies that can make a difference in a group of people that really need to see Jesus as well. There are so many things we can do, so many ways that doing good helps people see Jesus. And that's just stuff we do as a congregation. What about you as an individual? What is God calling you to do? Jesus had separate roles for each of his disciples. And we are the same as followers of Jesus. He will call us to something specific. Are you reaching out to the person across the street or across the cubicle? Or do you spend all your time with other people who spend time with all the people who love Jesus? Is God calling you to do something else? Is he calling you to do something good? To be good? To give your time and your money? and your energy, to tell people who He is. Maybe God is calling you to go into full-time ministry with a church or a mission agency or a a parachurch organization. God calls us to be good and to do good. And you can read a lot more about this idea of doing good and how doing good comes out of being good. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 25 the sheep and the goats, and how when you serve someone, you serve Him. In James chapter 2, it talks about our faith and our works, and if you don't have good works, it really means your faith must not be very strong. Now understand, we are not at all saying that we are saved by doing good things. We're saying that we have been saved, and that causes us to do good things. Now, we are not about creating guilt here at Discover. We really think that's a poor motivator. But we do want to tell the truth of God's Word, and we want to speak it in love. And here's something that I assume you've heard if you've been walking with God for a while, but just a reminder, it's, it's a truth that's kind of hard to hear. It's from James chapter 4, verse 17. It says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. If God is calling you to do something good and you don't do it, that's a sin. So if God gives you the opportunity to do good, do good. And just keep doing it as often as you can until Jesus calls you home or until he comes to take us all home. I cannot wait to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. But until that time, there are some things that you and I are here for, some reasons, some projects, some ministries, some people that God wants us to be involved with. Beginning in September, we're going to be doing a church-wide study called Life on Mission by Tim Harlow. Lee Strobel says about this, this series, Life on Mission, this is what Lee Strobel says. We have a mission that really matters for now and for eternity. Let my friend Tim encourage you and equip you for the adventure of sharing Jesus with others. His book is an outstanding guide to a life of meaning and fulfillment. We are really looking forward to that series, to to what good comes from it. Being on mission with Jesus is absolutely incredible. So do what good you can. So do what good you can. But here's what's really, really amazing. When you've done all the good you can do, God will do the good that you can't. God will step in and do the good that you can't. Look, look here in this story about Daniel and his friends. One verse more. They, they chose to honor God, to do good, no matter what was offered to them uh, otherwise. And then look what it says in verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. God is going to take the good that you do and he's going to add himself to it and take it to a completely different level. Things that they never could have done on their own, God said, I will do in you and through you because you have chosen to do what's right. That's amazing. So God did that for Daniel and his friends and God will do that for each of us. There was a student uh, the, it was in a class. It was an introduction to logic class, and at the end of the class, the professor said you can Anything that you can fit onto an eight-and-a-half by eleven sheet of paper You can use for the exam, and so all of the students of course were just writing in as small of font that they could you know just fitting on everything that they could all the formulas and all the different things and uh, So the day of the exam came and everybody pulled out their sheet and one student pulled out a blank sheet of eight-and-a-half by eleven paper and set it on the floor, and into the classroom walked a student who was superior in advanced logic. And he stood on this piece of paper, and whatever the question was, this student gave him the answer. (laughs) And the professor said, you know what? That's pretty good logic. And he let him do it, and he was the only student that got an A on the test. I think a lot of times we do everything we can to be good. We get out as everything we can. We cram it in and we cram it in and we cram it in. We try to do everything that we can. And you know what? God says, would you just let me stand in your life? Would you let me give you the answers? Would you let me change you so that you really can be good? Because it's going to be a whole lot better in the long run. It's going to be a whole lot more effective. God's goodness is available to us. And His goodness reached its very highest point when the Father allowed His Son to take our place. Our goodness isn't good enough to stand in God's presence, to stand before Him. Nothing we can do will change that. So God, in His goodness, did what we could never do. In a way that we could never understand Our lack of goodness, our sin was placed upon Jesus when He was on the cross. And His goodness, His perfection, is placed on us when we choose to follow Him. We hand over our broken, sinful hearts and He hands us a new heart, a new life, new thoughts, a new purpose. That's incredibly good. Today, if you want to pray about something, if, if you want to do that, you can do that where you are. If you want to pray with someone specifically, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. If you want to surrender your life to God, and, and you can come to the front and admit that you're not good on your own. None of us are. Our goodness is not good enough. Now let the sacrifice of Jesus stand in your place. Let what he did on the cross cover you. Enter the waters of the baptistry and and let God's grace wash you. Come to Jesus with the faith of a child. And he will make you innocent as you are born again. Whatever God is saying to you right now, may this be a time of celebration and joy and decision and hope and purpose. Let's stand and let's.